Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North Today I'm ready. This is Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. So we're trying something different today. This is intended to be the first of the subscription episodes of Eagle Eyes on Tech. The whole point of this is to take one story, set it aside, and go long form on that story. And I'm going to intentionally pick it so that it's one that is very interesting, but not like the big stuff. I, I don't want to like put, say, a paywall behind, you know, Intel benchmarks or something like that. Something that actually does like affect the majority of people, but ones that are still very fascinating. And this week, the, depending on how you count, the eight or 10 year anniversary of Final Fantasy XIV fits in this category very, very well. So right now, Final Fantasy XIV is celebrating eight years of the game's rebirth. We talk a little bit about games like No Man's Sky, ones that launched as a complete and utter disaster, only to come back and from the ashes kind of patch themselves back into existence well long before that final fantasy 14 did the very same thing it launched originally in, in 2010 as square enix's next big mmo for the playstation 3 and pc that game however was um uh bad we'll, we'll just say bad to the point where Square Enix actually apologized for how bad it was and then fired the game director, brought in the new game director who is affectionately referred to as Yoshi P, who then tried to fix the game and then eventually just said, all right, the only way to save this is to literally start from scratch. And it actually is kind of amazing in the fact that not only did they start from scratch, but they put starting from scratch actually into the game's lore. Not too long ago, World of Warcraft in its own storyline had an apocalypse. It was called World of Warcraft Cataclysm. Oddly enough, that was also where I quit the game because our guild decided that, you know, Doing 25-man raids was pointless, so the 15 of us that were on the raiding team that didn't make the cut were just left to be alone. And that was about when I left. And I, oddly enough, did not get into FF14. FF14 just looked like another WoW clone. I only knew, like, two people who were moving over to FF14 at the time. The new hotness, actually, at the time looked like Terra which was an action-based, non-targeted-based MMO. That looks like the future. Unfortunately, the developers of that, um, they, the game, I'm not even exaggerating when I say, Terra peaked when it launched. That was its peak. And it's just been a slow descent into complete and utter garbage as this developers just basically never put any effort into upcoming patches. World of Warcraft, oddly enough, 
keeps trying to innovate, but they never listened to their player base and has been on a slow descent ever since. But the developers, because we're the developers of World of Warcraft, we're, we're good and no one else knows how to do it, became complacent in their own idiocy. And World of Warcraft has been descending more and more and more until it finally came to the head of recently. But before that, Final Fantasy XIV took the approach of being WoW-like, using tab targeting and using skills on cooldowns and whatnot, and took a very World of Warcraft approach, except put heavy instances, or emphasis, I should say, on the storytelling aspect. Final Fantasy XIV has an incredible story to tell. And granted, A Realm Reborn, which is the first expansion and now considered the base game of Final Fantasy XIV, is fairly dry comparing to the remaining expansions. What happens in A Realm Reborn? Oh, it, you're, you're set up as this great warrior. You meet up with the Scions of the Seventh Dawn, which are basically your main NPCs. And you go out and you save, save the world from summon gods known as primals, as well as an invading empire. And you're set up for a whole bunch of plots down the road. And now I got to be careful how I say the rest of the plots from there on, because it just gets juicier and juicier and you don't want to spoil. And that's kind of one of the amazing things about Final Fantasy XIV. It's the only MMO where you can actually spoil. What's there to spoil in a world of Warcraft? Oh, this boss exists in this one raid. And then you kill it. The end. There's no real spoiling aspects. World of Warcraft, for the most part, the only real draw to the game is either A, the PvP aspect, which is not my cup of tea, so I could not begin to describe the joy a lot of people find in it. Or the team building PVE raiding where you have 40 and 25 man raids going in and taking on incredible bosses that require strong coordination with each other in order to conquer. That is where World of Warcraft excelled. Final Fantasy 14, on the other hand, it excels in storytelling. It excels and somehow pulled off the impossible by making you one of millions of players feel like you are the hero of the story. A task that before playing Final Fantasy XIV sounds impossible. How can you be the hero of Final Fantasy XIV when in fact there are millions, underline millions of other players playing the exact same story? How can there be millions of saviors of Eorzea? But yet the game pulls it off. Mostly by just glossing over that detail. Yeah, you all know you're, you're each Warriors of Light. Whatever. That's basically how they get around it. I'm not even exaggerating either. 
But then you just keep going deeper and deeper. Heaven's Ward. You're ending a long war between man and dragon while clearing your own name of past, of past crimes you are framed of. Stormblood, you're, en you're helping to stoke a rebellion on two fronts and, br and bring in the squeeze on, a, on an empire that wants nothing more but to subjugate the world and bring peace in through, well, power and subjugation. Shadowbringers. You're going off to go end another calamity, one of the scale that brought a that brought the end of the world, the first bringing the end of 1.0. Basically, you're going to stop a calamity of that size by any means necessary. The story just keeps building on itself, and now it's closing on Endwalker which I could only speculate on what that's going to have based on what I've seen so far. And before he goes, eh, but there's clearly this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, well, you try explaining that without giving spoilers. How about that? You see everything happening at Blizzard. You see Blizzard committing two terrible sins. One, they are losing faith of the press because of the massive sexual harassment scandal brought on by the California lawsuit, which, just by Blizzard's own actions, it is clearly true. Blizzard would not be taking the actions they are if it wasn't true. That's just fact. So already you're losing, Blizzard's losing faith with the media in that regard, and also the majority of influencers. It is very difficult as a streamer, as a let's player of anything of that nature saying, hey, I love World of Warcraft. While at the same time, the company behind it is just basically going around and molesting each other as well as a whole bunch of other horrible, horrible things that have been detailed in that. Many influencers are actually scared of leaving because they're afraid of what would happen to their income if they left Blizzard, left uh, doing World of Warcraft or Overwatch. But at the same time, they still have to consider it because, well, do you really want to go down on someone else's ship? No. No, you don't. But then Blizzard committed another sin. And that was altering drastic components of the game of World of Warcraft, making people grind heavily for a piece of power. I forgot the exact, I, I believe it was the Shards of Domination. I'm not entirely sure, certain. I haven't played World of Warcraft in a while. Resetting all that and undoing all the work that everyone did beforehand, as well as having many other mechanics in this latest expansion that just felt awful. Now you combine bad gameplay with bad PR 
and it ends up making everyone go, why am I supporting World of Warcraft anymore? You then have all those players wandering off, trying to find, you know, I like an MMO. What's similar to WoW? Right now, there aren't that many MMOs that are really attractive. Terra, like I mentioned earlier, is... Well, it's basically dead to the world. I'm not even kidding. The main town in Terra, the last time I was on, there were five people in it. There are so few people on that MMO right now that a lot of dungeon queues will never pop because there aren't enough people in the queue to make a full party. That's how you know the game is, is basically dead. Desert Online seems to be going fine. There's other little MMOs here and there that are doing okay, but most of them just come off as having a lot of cash grab mobile game components to it. So what do you do? Well, then, of course, you have F14. And because their crew, that team that Yoshi P has put together, they started at the bottom, and they, they did everything they could to make that game rise from the ashes every single patch going above and beyond to keep improving the game and every single launch every single launch of the expansion was met with bugs there were problems but they continued to work their hardest to improve the game time and time again they are a team that is motivated. The game, FF14 is not perfect. Absolutely not. But the team behind it wants it to be perfect. One little tidbit I keep sharing whenever I stream FF14 on my stream at twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon is actually involving their music director, Soken, who during their last uh, fan festival, that's like BlizzCon, but exclusively for Final Fantasy XIV, they did an all-digital version of it this year. And towards the tail end of it, Soken revealed that, hey, you know how we've all been working from home? We couldn't see each other because of the virus TM. Shortly before the lockdowns, he was diagnosed with cancer. And while he was in the hospital, that lunatic, and that's the only way to describe it, that freaking lunatic kept working. He basically told Death, not now, I'm busy. And without telling a single member of his crew, 
kept working from his hospital bed to create new music for the game. Meanwhile at Blizzard, they continue to get drunk. Playing, frisking with each other, grabbing each other's rear ends. I'm trying to figure out how to describe it without swearing. And so on and so forth. You want to know why Final Fantasy XIV is doing so, so, so well? During a time when there's no new content? It is because almost every other option out there is just terrible. The king has fallen, revealed to not have any clothes. Everyone else making games, they're not in to make a good game. They have no passion. They are there to make a quick buck, which is one of the biggest problems right now with mobile gaming as a whole. Whereas Final Fantasy XIV, they risked everything. And for the most part, I don't think they should have. I don't think, I, I think Soken should have absolutely been focused on his own health. I think it's incredibly irresponsible and irrational what he did, but man, I have nothing but the biggest respect for a man that passionate about his work. That's going to conclude the informational part of this. What we're going to do then is we're going to take a break. No commercial breaks here, obviously. But um, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to actually... I'm going to give you a bit of an update and a little bit of behind the scenes as to what's going on here on Eagle Eyes on Tech. Welcome back, the special Eagle Eyes on Tech episode here for the subscribers. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right. I did share a little bit on Twitter about a network called Helium Radio. Uh, they originally approached me and said, hey, we want, do you have a podcast that's under one hour? And uh, can we go ahead and put it on our, on our live radio station? They basically go ahead and take pre-recorded podcasts and basically make a radio station out of it. All right. So, I'm still on the fence with them, to be perfectly honest. I originally pitched the early bird briefing. Uh, they offered one day for one hour for a, a, a four-minute daily. They also offered a time slot literally an hour before the new one airs. So, that's 
a no-go. I did, however, pitch to them saying, hey, I do have this other podcast. It's, Eagle, it's called Eagle Eyes on Tech. And, you know, that one usually averages about two hours in length. They're looking for an hour. And uh, they're currently deliberating on whether that is going to be implemented into their schedule or not. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I really, really don't. Um, if it does get accepted, hey, you know, that sounds good. The more ears that hear Eagle Eyes on Tech, I think the better, regardless. That's the one thing, right? When it comes to, like, Twitch streaming, taking aside the exclusivity contract sort of problem, you, you take away that. You don't want to go ahead and do what I did way, way, way back in the day. Unless, I mean, even when you set up something elaborate like I had, like my stream was broadcasted to like, it was like 10 separate platforms. And then there was like an on-screen chat that like merged all the chats together. So people from YouTube could chat with people on Twitch, people from, uh, what was it? Mob Crusher, I think was the name of the, the other platform could chat with people on Twitch. But then it meant that the moderator team had to be split between all the places. But in the end, you ended up giving up this, uh, this vibe that you don't care about one particular platform. You want to just go ahead and, you know, kind of care about a whole bunch. Podcasting is way different. Podcasting is a lot like a radio show. The only time you want to show loyalty to a specific station with a radio show is if you are doing local based news information or whatever. But the moment you talk about an audience at large, you want that same radio show to be accessible by as many ears as you can. And you go out and try to get your show, hopefully at the, hopefully all at the same time, on as many stations as you can. The advantage with podcasting is that there are no time slots. Podcasting is, in fact, an on-demand service. Anyone can go ahead and view, or not view, but listen to a podcast at any time they choose. So to get Eagle Eyes on Tech, to get the early bird briefing on as many platforms as possible is ideal. And I'm not going to lie, this concept of Helium Radio to go ahead and take an on-demand setup like a podcast and make it live again, but without any of the benefits of being live, it's odd. It's strange. It's unusual. But we have seen time and time again how things that don't make a whole lot of sense do in fact work when in fact 
they shouldn't. I will continue to give updates in this section as they come out. If anything big happens, I'll of course announce it on Twitter, but that's currently what's going on behind the scenes right now with the podcasting. I am still contemplating on getting a YouTube setup for Eagle Eyes on Tech and the Early Bird Briefing, but we'll have to see. Because right now there's already quite a bit of work involved with the uh, with the podcasts and adding the extra step of setting up YouTube and setting up correctly. Oof. Suddenly the half hour endeavor of getting out an early bird briefing every day suddenly turns into two hours and then you wonder, is this even worth it when your time is already heavily limited? Folks, thank you so much for listening and thank you for subscribing. And I hope that um i i hope you enjoyed this i i really i really really do i don't know um if we'll continue to do this this is more of an experiment right now but uh please give any sort of feedback you have at anchor.fm slash eagle eyes on tech that is going to be the primary way to get feedback back to me or you could always email eaglefalcontech at gmail.com but of course, that is an email and everything gets lost in the shuffle in the emails. Take care, and I hope you have a great day. So, uh, after I recorded, um, the subscriber episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech, um, I actually did hear back from Helium Radio, like, I'm not even kidding, an hour after I recorded it. And, uh, they actually did accept, uh, Eagle Eyes on Tech. We actually have a two-hour slot now on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on the Helium Radio Network. Though they call themselves a radio network, but they're not have a they don't actually have a radio tower so it's a little confusing they're, they're, they're basically just like a radio format but that sort of thing yeah yeah um but in any case um yeah eagle eyes on tech is on there i will leave a link to it in the description of this podcast so yeah take care